0: Welcome back to The Wise Man's Page, the podcast where we read Patrick Rothfuss's The Wise Man's Fear, page by page. This is page 972. You know, I could have carried you, I said softly. Denna pressed the back of her hand to her forehead. Another seven words, I swoon. She fanned herself with her other hand. What should a woman do? Love me. I had intended to say it in my best flippant tone, teasing, making a joke of it, but I made the mistake of looking into her eyes as I spoke. They distracted me, and when the words left my mouth, they ended up sounding nothing at all the way I had intended. For a fleet second, she held my eyes with intent tenderness. Then a rueful smile quirked up in the corner of her mouth. "'Oh no,' she said. "'Not that trap for me.' I'll not be one of the many. I clenched my teeth, struck somewhere between confusion, embarrassment, and fear. I'd been too bold and made a mess of things, just as I'd always feared. When had the conversation managed to run away from me? I beg your pardon? I said stupidly. You should. Dena straightened her clothes, moving with uncharacteristic stiffness and ran her hands through her hair, twisting it twisting it into a thick plate. Her fingers knitted the strands together, and for a second I could read it, clear as day. Don't speak to me. I might be thick, but even I can read a sign that obvious. I closed my mouth, biting off the next thing I'd been about to say. Then Dena saw me eyeing her hair and pulled her hands away, self-consciously, without tying off the braid. Her hair quickly spun free to fall loose around her shoulders. She brought her hands in front of her and twisted one of her rings nervously. Hold on a moment, I said. I'd almost forgotten. I reached into the inner pocket of my vest. I have a present for you. Her mouth made a thin line as she looked at my outstretched hand. You too? she asked. I honestly thought you were different. I hope I am, I said, and opened my hand. I'd polished it, and the sun caught the edge of the pale blue stone. Oh! Dena's hands went to her mouth, her eyes suddenly brimming. Is it real? She reached out with both hands to take it. It is. She turned it over in her hands, then removed one of her other rings and slid it onto her finger. It is, she said in amazement a few tears spilling over. How did you ever... I got it from Ambrose, I said. Oh, she said. She shifted her weight from one foot to the other, and I felt the silence loom up between us again. And that's the page. I'm Nick. I'm Jordana.
1: I'm Jeremy. I feel like I'm missing a trick on this page. Like, their communication has become so strange and disjointed. They really are vibrating on two totally different wavelengths and it's jarring and shocking and frustrating and then she does some magic well she starts to i don't know if she finishes
0: does it still count if he like if he can read it does it still work on him is the question i'm wondering about
1: well it does work on him because he doesn't talk and then he only speaks again when she undoes the braid
0: okay but is it still magic or is he just choosing to obey her her wish that she happened to put in her hair? Like I feel like if you can read it, I feel like it wouldn't work on you.
1: I'm sure he thinks that he's just choosing to obey her wish. What does it matter if the outcome is the same?
2: I I think it's deliberately ambiguous.
1: Yes, and it's also I think her self-consciously removing the braid is her going, "Oh,
0: he knows I'm working uh, magic on him. How how rude of me to make that obvious." I think it's more like
1: she's used to doing it now. She's this is something that she has uh, integrated into her into her routine, shall we say? And so it's like something that she does. Okay, I'm mad. I don't want this conversation to go anymore. I'm just going to sort of uh, like the muscle memory is going to start me doing this because this is what I do now in these conversations. And she sort of self consciously goes, "Oh, first off, he knows about it, or you oh. know, he might, but also it's quoth and maybe I don't have to. Like I think that her self consciousness is is." A combination of embarrassment and also like, i don't think she knows that he knows that it's magic because he doesn't yeah i want to make that
2: absolutely clear there is no nothing in the text of the book suggests that Yillish knots are magic and nothing suggests that kvothe thinks that they are that's something that we have been operating on a theory that they are magically compelling people to do the things that denibrates braids in her hair but that's not actually textual.
1: What's it like having no joy in your life? <laughs> I have lots of joy
2: in my life, but I don't derive joy from making things up about a book I'm reading.
0: I do think Jeremy no. derives joy from removing other people's joy. <laughs> yeah,
2: he's sort of a Grinch figure. <laughs> I, I really try not to be, but I want—I don't want the readers to get. Uh, sorry, I don't want our listeners to get the wrong idea. Like this is we often do on this podcast, just talk about a thing that we have theorized is true, as though it's like textual on the page and it's not and i think that we need to make
1: that clear
0: that's actually very reasonable i disagree with it but it is reasonable
1: yeah same mr grinch you're a correct one uh (laughs) you're a justified one mr grinch Grinch. (laughs) your actions though odious are defensible (laughs) uh God. Though morally I mean, dubious, they will hold up in court, Mr. Grinch. Um, Though you violated the spirit of the law, you have not violated the letter. So you identified wow, that's... something
2: on this page that I thought was super effective, which is the discomfort of like two people having a conversation and not understanding each other at all. And it's so like awkward and tense, Like you, every everything you say is the wrong thing, but neither of you is willing to like speak plainly because you're trying to avoid having the awkward conversation. You're trying to like uh, you're expressing feeling without like uh, making it explicit, and I think that's where so much of the awkwardness and the discomfort on this page comes from, and. It's especially, it's very similitudinous. I have definitely had conversations like this and it sucks, but it also, it's especially frustrating because it feels like there's more than one point in this conversation where there's an opportunity to get it back on track and then it goes even more wrong because one or the other of them is uh, making an
1: assumption. And like, I want to review what those assumptions are for Dena, just so that we have, you know, like we leave her. This is also the last last chapter with her uh, actions described. She's zoomed out a little bit in, a, in another chapter, but this is the last time we actually see her. So to my mind, where Jen is at is that she has entered this conversation afraid that Quoth is just like all the other guys. And maybe like she feels maybe responsible or maybe she regrets not being honest with him sooner. And now it's too late because now she thinks he's changed. We know that he hasn't really. Although, as we talked about on a recent previous page, he very nearly made the worst possible blunder and,
0: uh, I mean, and wait, offered to Kvot take her away from changed. all of this. He just hasn't changed the way that she thinks he's changed.
1: Yeah, exactly. He's changed, but he hasn't turned into a like wealthy, uh, know-it-all guy who thinks he knows what's better for her than she does and who wants to keep her like a pet um although here's the other thing is that he she's not totally wrong because he has that same impulse especially now that he has the wealth to to offer it to her but he's getting up to like uh, in his interiority he's bumping up against the idea that she has her own wants and needs beyond being kept safe and that there's something that only she can do uh but they don't they don't quite meet in the middle there but what i want to kind of plant the flag at is say that where, where she leaves him at the end of this book is she is a, afraid that he is like every other guy and is all but confirmed. She obviously doesn't, or as we'll learn, she doesn't like cut ties with him. The next time they interact, it seems like it's pleasant and they make plans to meet again and that's where they leave it, spoiler. Um, so their relationship isn't over, but it seems to me like even this grand gesture that Quoth has been keeping in his pocket sort of falls flat. We can talk about that tomorrow. Yeah. So, and
2: it only, it only falls flat because he spoils the moment by saying something. And then her ma- she makes an assumption about it. Like, let's, let's kind of go through it beat by beat this page. Cause I think there's a lot of like turns in the scene where like the, the, the balance of power and the balance of intent shifts, right? Both says, uh, she says, what should a woman do? Quoth says, love me. And He's accidentally uh being sorry, actually, sincere.
1: Sorry, sorry I want to I want to take it one step back because the, you know I could have carried you as a response to the almost the last thing she said which is uh, he goes, "Would you like me to carry you?" and she said, "Yes," and then immediately goes into the water and then wade back mm-hmm. to shore. They spend some time silently and then he goes, "You know, I could have carried you." Like it's it's still a response to the previous conversation. I think it's relevant. Yes. And like
2: again, that is him that's him being sincere and she doesn't take him seriously. Then he says, love me, and he doesn't intend it to be sincere, but it is because he's, like, looking into her eyes when he says it. A classic blunder. And for a fleet second, she held my eyes with intense tenderness. For a minute, she believes him because she well, wants and to believe like him. she'd like to do
0: that, yeah.
2: Yeah. And then she ruins it for herself by making the assumption that he says this to all the girls that he's trying to get into bed because she's still... You know, hypocritically ticked off that he's been
1: sleeping around, and she says, and "If, oh, if no, I not- may, this is a case of his work on his reputation biting him in the ass." I don't think he's intentionally trying to cede the idea that he's a Lothario, but it's you know, it's a fact. You know, that it's idea, out there.
2: that idea, has sprung up independent of him, and we'll find out later that he doesn't really know how far that gossip has gone until Fella tells him about it. Mm. Um. Uh. So she says like, oh no, I'm not going to be another one of your conquests. And he genuinely, and like, that's very hurtful to him because he was, he was being really vulnerable in that moment, even though he hadn't quite intended it that way. But he like, he revealed a really vulnerable feeling and then he fears that he has screwed up. Uh, And she's like, he says, I beg your pardon. She says, you should. And she's like, she's moving with an uncharacteristic stiffness, which I think can be read one of two ways either she's like mad at him all over again she's like thinking about him you know making out with other girls or whatever and he's and she's like you should apologize to me or she is experiencing now a kind of like internal ah oh, i messed up he was being sincere and now i've like screwed it up ah oh, i have to cover yeah, we don't I get have her internal
0: monologues so we don't know mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, and I mean, that's just th- always the case with Denna is that part of the reason that she is an enigmatic character is because she never says what she's thinking and we can't hear her thoughts. And we've already kind of covered her knitting the 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 knot into her hair. Um, and then she stops it because she feels bad about it for some reason, like she's embarrassed about it. And Quote, this is when Quoth brings out the ring, which I think could salvage the situation and it kind of does. But before she knows what it is, Him bringing out, like, an expensive gift to give her has, as Nick said, confirmed all her worst fears about him. Oh, God, he wants to sleep with me. Now he wants to give me an expensive present. He's like every other guy I've ever talked to. Um, But, of course, this is different because it's, like, the ring she lost, which obviously means a lot to her. Because this gets through to her. This, like, turns her around. Now she's, like, really moved. Oh, my God. She can't believe that that he found it. And then she spoils it for herself. Because she says she asks him how he got it. He says I got it from Ambrose, and with one word, the whole conversation turns again. She goes, "Oh." She shifted her weight from one foot to the other. I felt the silence loom up between us again. And I think what we're meant to think is that she assumes that when he got it from Ambrose, he like bought Ambrose off, right, or something,
1: or something. And even if not, it's still a reminder. She might assume that
0: they're friends. Yeah, maybe that, yeah.
1: I mean, I think she, exactly. she must know that they have a rivalry. Maybe they don't. She doesn't, I don't know. I, mean, but I don't what know if she
0: does. I think if she you, knew
1: that, I think if
2: she did know that they had a rivalry, she wouldn't assume that he got it by any other means than skullduggery. And I think, I think that she thinks that she got it from Ambrose in some way that I think, yeah, whatever.
1: Either way, it's a reminder to her of her time with Ambrose and what he did to her And it also means that Quoth knows.
0: Yeah, the way that I read it was actually that um, that Denna would have known that that Quoth like got it from Ambrose by Skullduggery, and uh, the O is because she realizes that uh, like Quoth now has insight into uh, what occurred between her and Ambrose.
1: Well, yeah, I, didn't agree she agree that. I think that's, that's in the mix now, for sure.
0: Yeah.
2: Didn't she tell him that she lost the ring because of Ambrose? How else would he have known that that's where it was and how to get it back?
0: Mm, that's a good point.
2: I'm pretty You're sure right. I'm pretty sure she told him, oh, I lost my ring because of that jerk
1: Ambrose who done me wrong.
0: Mm, yeah. You know what? I don't know. I don't know.
1: Ferdinand, you've I solved saw- it. We don't have to podcast anymore. We can just, every episode, we can episode, just, we can just say, I don't, I don't know. Yeah, so, just start
0: and know. end every episode with, I don't know. <laughs>
1: <laughs> you want to read a letter?
0: Mailbag.
1: You're supposed to say, I don't know. Oh, right. Sorry. That's OK. Here's a short one. This is from Forever Vin, who writes Hey, my pagers, quick note. On page 965, you discuss the anger of the gentleman. On my first read through, I often thought of Master Lauren's demeanor and his wrath when his books were threatened. Perhaps another example of a wise man's fear. Slow regards, signed forever. Vin. Shout out to the sleeping giant. I believe, uh, and it's backed up by Curtis on the Discord that the very first mention of the three wise man's fears is in reference to Lauren. Uh, so it's actually textual. The idea that the wise man's fear is uh, is Lauren's anger, although that's in book one. So. Uh, I believe that is in response to our conversation we had about the instances of the three things why I've been fear in this book. Um, and in particular, Lauren's anger is, uh, is is in the first book. Now, I put to you also that Lauren is no gentle man. He is you know taciturn, he is quiet. he, he doesn't emote much, but I don't think of him as being gentle. I think of Trappist as being gentle um, and even to an extent quoth. Also, potentially, we might be misreading it. It could be the anger of a Gentile man, so it could be a, a non-Jew. Yeah, uh, I feel like that's every be
2: man in this book, though.
1: That's true. Well, we should definitely, when we have rothas, we should ask if which which of the races are, are Jewish coded.
2: Mm-hmm. I mean, the I was gonna say are aren't, aren't but... <laughs> none
0: of the religions the same as they are in our world, <laughs> like directly? Yes. So it would be um, impossible for there to be. Uh,
1: Look, I just I, want to chuckle at the, the 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 very poor play on words uh, of the anger of a Gentile man.
0: So, also, I didn't know that about Oh, there's
1: three Gentile. things all wise men's fear. Nothing worse than the anger of a Gentile man.
2: You didn't know that Gentile meant non-Jewish?
0: I did not know that.
2: There you go.
1: Oi, Jordana. Give me <laughs> That's, grief.
0: Okay, wait, wait. So then, does, like, what's, okay, so. Is Where does the word Gentile come from, then?
2: I'm going to assume Yiddish.
0: Okay. Because I was thinking, I was like, okay, if you're atheist, that's like the everybody word for not religious. But I wonder if every religion has a word for not that religion.
1: I mean, it, it is, uh, it is, has a Latin origin. Oh. Okay.
0: Anyway, I'll cursory Google that for myself later. I'm just—it's so curious. Also, um, oh yeah, it's from like the Latin the for like family, and... huh? Um, the sleeping giant. They shouted out the sleeping giant. Should we contextualize that, or just well, let it right. sit?
1: You can, you can, you can contextualize it, Jordana.
0: Go to the Discord. There we go. Okay, it's over. <laughs> they can contextualize it <laughs> the... themselves.
1: That, that that's perhaps even more complicated. The the sleeping giant is the long running D D game played by the people in uh, the Discord. That's right. Okay, there you go.
2: So uh, just before we wrap this one up, uh, on page one hundred and fifty eight of this book, Quoth uh, and Denna are talking about her re- relationship with Ambrose, and she says when she's explaining how things went wrong with them, the fitting was loose in my ring, and he said he'd have it repaired. I take and Quoth says, I take it he wasn't nearly so generous after things went sour. Quoth says, I might be able to do something if the ring's important to you. Denna says, it was important, but what would you do exactly? Remind him one gentleman to another that he should treat women with dignity and respect? Good luck. So I put it to you that now that's what she thinks has happened.
0: Oh, wow. And then she probably feels bad about it.
2: Yeah, I mean I think I think she feels bad that Quoth would have that kind of conversation with Ambrose because that's a gross conversation to have. And also, I
1: also think that the thing he says on the next page also makes it worse, so we can talk about that tomorrow.
0: Okay, I'll save my other thought for tomorrow too.
2: Listeners, you can save all of your thoughts for tomorrow's page
1: of uh, the